Hello and welcome to episode four of the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by the editor-in-chief of GSFN, Kieran Quill. There's lots to talk about today. There's uh, no transfer news to speak of for the first time in a while, uh, but we did have a weekend of upsets in La Liga. We had big wins for Cadiz and Getafe over the big two. We've got El Clasico coming up on Saturday, which many have rightly pointed out is one of the most unpredictable in years. But I suppose the best place to start is Wednesday night's horror show in Europe. Uh, Real Madrid were stunned at Valdebebas losing 3-2 to Shakhtar Donetsk after a horrendous first half and Atletico were battered by Bayern Munich losing 4-0 at the Allianz. Not a good night for Spanish football Wednesday. What what happened? Yeah, massive shock at the Alfredo Di Stefano on Wednesday night. Didn't expect it at all really because I saw the Shakhtar team coming and did so many players test positive for coronavirus. Um, prior to to travelling 13? Yeah and they were all 13 players yeah yeah so it was like almost their reserve team coming in and I know Madrid haven't been good recently and they've had their own injury problems like Ramos was missing last night and they just haven't they haven't hit the heights that is expected of them so far so yeah Shakhtar hit them really hard on the break and they just couldn't live with the, the threat that they had in behind they were really quick with Tete, Tete going yeah. forward yeah and he he just had them on the ropes for, for the whole night really like they, they sat pretty deep in the second half and they, they were always a threat on the counter and that was what really killed Madrid in the end like it, it was just too much of a mountain to climb for them in the second half after conceding the three goals in the first half yeah so I think it's uh, it's pretty much a nightmare week for Real Madrid it's, it's a nightmare when they lose once but to lose two games back to back at home yeah, if if one win is a crisis, do you wonder what? Uh, sorry, one loss is a crisis. You do wonder what two losses is. You yeah. know, it's, it's really bad. And Spanish press are now coming out with stuff as they usually do. Is Zidane under pressure and all that? And mm. he was he was the he was the main man a couple of weeks ago. But it was a shocking performance. It's true that the first half was a collapse, but the second half wasn't great either. And 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 Donetsk could have, could, have, could have scored at least two in the second half. Mm. Uh, Tete was absolutely brilliant. They just couldn't handle him. So. Yeah, you were doing a minute by minute of this game. The first half must have been tricky. Yeah, it was it was flat out to be honest. Um, and I thought like Madrid were kind of in the game at one nil, and you're thinking, okay, they're they're going to get back into this. But when you've got Benzema on the bench and Jovic is leading the line, you're also thinking where where are the goal is going to come from here. And Rodrigo didn't do much. He came off at half time, and then when they put Benzema on. At halftime, that kind of made the difference, and they were a totally different team in in the the opening quarter of an hour in the second half, and they really really pushed Shakhtar, got those two goals. Um, Vinicius was on the pitch fourteen seconds and scored a goal, which is a record in the history of the Champions League for for a substitute. But yeah, they, they looked they looked a different side from maybe the the forty six minute up until the seventy minute, and then they were kind of forced to slow down a little bit. Uh, Shakhtar played with almost two lines of five and it was really compact and Madrid just they couldn't really get through. They, they brought on Cruz for a bit of creativity, but that didn't work. And yeah, it, it was a bit different to, to Cadiz at the weekend. Zidane made four changes at halftime mm-hmm. against Cadiz, uh, but he, he, he didn't make as many last night, but in the end it was the same result. It just an, another defeat for them and Shakhtar were absolutely buzzing with that one as well and yeah in fairness to them they came and, and they had a plan and uh, Luis Castro got his got his tactics spot on Zidane was kind of 
was um they just taken by surprise yeah taken by surprise and then left left with the the dodgy questions after in the press conference and again he's taken the blame for it he took the blame on Saturday you know he's kind of deflecting the attention from his players they're going to be thinking about the Classico and Zidane is trying his best to take responsibility for all of this yeah yeah he's uh, he's so good at doing that though he's, he's just so good at handling press conferences mm. and he's exactly the kind of guy you would want there he's not a reactionary he's not a Louis van Hal who's going to be screaming at the press and, and lose them or, or Guardiola who's going to be difficult with him he's 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 kind of yeah. he's, he's he's chilled out and I think his, I think his Bikram yoga as we mentioned before is definitely helping, yeah. helping him out you know? he's a calming effect around this storm yeah that's it that's it well Atletico also lost uh, pretty they were just outclassed really in, uh, by Bayern Munich they really took their chances uh, at the Allianz Arena it's not too much of a stretch to say that Spanish teams are below what they have been in, in recent years. Is this a concerning time for, for them in Europe? Yeah, I think Spanish teams aren't where they used to be. Definitely not Madrid and Barca. Atleti don't normally get beat 4 0. Like I know it's Bayern Munich, the champions of Europe, but for Atletico to concede four goals is is very, very rare. Yeah. Um I think Simeone will be will be raging with that one. Yeah. I think he'll be raging with the result, but I haven't watched it. I, I, they weren't steamrollered in the way that, for example, Barca were steamrollered by by Bayern or, or Chelsea mm. even. Um they were actually they were fairly decent and again, in contrast to, to some games that we've seen from Atletico down the years, were just in recent years if you go back to the, the when they lost 3-0 against Juve, for example, uh, in Italy, they didn't look like they were going to score in that game. And there's been a few games where we've seen them in Europe and it's sort of been reminiscent of their league form. And you thought, these guys don't look dangerous. Last night, they did look dangerous. They had they had about four or five chances themselves and really good ones too. Um, the, I think the main difference was they just didn't take them, just didn't take the chances. Hmm. Having said that, this this Bayern team are looking really special because they weren't even at, at full strength. Pavar's obviously still injured and uh, Alfonso Davis didn't play that game yesterday either. It was, for, oddly enough, former former athletic player Lucas Hernandez that started at left-back. Kimmich was outstanding in the centre and so was uh, Kingsley Coleman. These are the guys that I think really marked the difference because Lewandowski and Miller weren't even at their best either, which just shows you how good they are. Hmm. They weren't they weren't particularly amazing. Atletico weren't particularly bad and they still won 4-0, you know, a 4-0 gap. So I think Felix wasn't necessarily at his best either, although he, he seems to be coming good again this season. I, th- I think he's um, I think he's having an all right season so far. Yeah, well, the, the, it's taken him a while to get going, really. Yeah. With that, with that price tag. So you know, much pressure. Lot, lots of pressure, but he hasn't, he hasn't really done it mm. for Atletico and they're going to need him. Costa... Costa's got a tie injury now and obviously Costa isn't up there with, with big stats and big numbers either so they're going to be looking at Felix to to really score mm. uh, get into double figures this year and score goals for them because with Suarez you're going to get goals regardless he, he scored at the weekend against Celta mm. and he'll be a threat for them but I don't know it's, um, it's, it's hard to see Atleti go far you know like you know they're not going to they're not going to win La Liga you don't think so? No, they're well off it. Yeah, I think they're 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 they're, they're well off it. Um, I think if if there was a team to win La Liga this season, outside of Barca and Real Madrid, it would be Sevilla. Sevilla, yeah, yeah. And and when you look at the league at the moment, it's Real Sociedad and Villarreal on top. Yeah. Sevilla haven't started great. They're they're on seven points from four. Uh, they lost to Granada at the weekend as well. But, but that was the first loss. So yeah. It's like, yeah. 
I think Sevilla overall have they've, they've a better squad than Atleti. I think they're they're really well organised. Lopetegui's a brilliant manager. Got a, a nil all against Chelsea during the week. Mm. Um, Acuna was good in that game. The left back. Now you, Argentine, you, yeah. Yeah, you sort of wonder. Okay, so Regulon's away. How they're going to replace him? But I thought he looked. He was really, really upsetting. Sort of for the for the for the Chelsea defense. It was like he caused so many problems. So. Yeah, he's really solid. They got him from Sporting Lisbon for twelve million. So definitely a good a good substitute for for Reguilón. Yeah. But yeah, I think the fact that Madrid and Barca are so wobbly, it is the year for someone else to do it. Like the, the last team outside the top two was Atleti mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen, and that was their first La Liga title in eighteen years. They yeah. won it with Simeone as a player in nineteen ninety six. So. When, when you look at the domination of the top two they've lost big players they're definitely not where they used to be Ronaldo has left for Serie A Messi's now 33 Griezmann is, isn't hitting the heights Hazard is injured it's like La Liga's going through a tough period you want the star players to perform but when you look around the league none of them are performing no. so it's it's the likes of Villarreal or Sevilla that might sneak in there um, you know Unai Emery's been laughed at because he, he's top of the league but I mean, this is his. This is his chance. This is Lopetegui's chance. We would like something different. Yeah. As as lovers of Spanish football, it it would be nice. I know, like half of the country support either Barca or Real Madrid. So if they're listening to this, they're going to be thinking, "No, nah, ma'am, what are you talking about?" Yeah. But I think the neutrals or people from the outside would want a smaller regional team to do it. Yeah, of that crop, who do who, you reckon it would be? Sevilla. I mean, I don't really know if it'd be a Real have got the sort of legs to. We just don't know because it's it's, it's, a, it's a new squad. Exactly, it's a squad mm. that's changed. So whether they have the legs is one thing, and also whether they do eventually gel and really kind of come into it is is another thing. I would, I think, Bielorella they're at least open for for a Champions League spot. That's what they're that's where their sights are this season. They very nearly got it last uh, last season, finishing fifth, and they've definitely got more ambition about them. Um, they have the quality. Yeah, like with with Jared Moreno and Alcázar, like they're twenty seven and twenty eight. They're, yeah. they're they're in their prime years. Pareco unfortunately is out for a month with an injury he picked up against his former club Valencia uh-huh. and he scored the winner in that game which was a cracker yep. in off the bar um, set up by Kubo actually who, who finally got some minutes mm. um, with Villarreal so yeah they, they, they have the quality to do it but I think overall Sevilla are a better team they're Europa League champions it's Lopetegui's second season he's got he's got a real solidity about it he's managed to keep hold of Diego Carlos but they still haven't got like an out-and-out goal scorer. Mm. And you need a goal scorer to win the league. But um, if you look at Real Madrid's uh, goal-scoring ability since Ronaldo left. Mm-hmm. So he left in July 2018. And uh, in, the, in the last two seasons, Madrid have finished on more points than goal scored. <laughs> so in, in the 18-19 season, they finished on 68 points. And they scored 63 goals. Yeah. 63 and 38 is so low for Real Madrid. And then in the 19-20 season, they finished on 87 points, winning the league there in June. And they scored just 70 goals. When Ronaldo was around, they were scoring 100 plus. Yeah, scoring for fun. So, you know, it's it's really it's really obvious. You're looking at it now, week to week, they are struggling um, for goals. Jovic was bought for 60 million euro and... He just hasn't done it at all. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. and yeah, it, it's a funny thing because Benzema is, is has been the lone striker for for a couple of years now uh, under under Zidane's system, and he was never that player. He was never that player in, in his whole Madrid career. He was never that player. It was always uh, 
Ronaldo who was relied on for goals and Benzema was happy to provide assists and uh, suddenly he's been he's been kind of thrust into this and if he doesn't score people comment on it and and they again they start to say that this is a worry we're going to talk about that uh, in our in our El Clasico preview a little bit later but let's talk about Madrid against Cadiz because this was upset at the weekend I'd say without any doubt mm-hmm. uh, Getafe Barça was a big was a bit of a shock but this one Cadiz away to Real Madrid uh, they'd never even beaten the Real Madrid Castilla uh, before, and they they suddenly they've they've uh, they've overcome Madrid and deservedly so. They were really the better team. What did what did you make of this? Yeah, like despite having only twenty six percent possession, yeah. they they managed to win in in the Spanish capital and only newly promoted as well. So like, what what an achievement for them! They're fifth in La Liga. I think we're only we're only five or six games in. Mm-hmm. You normally don't see the table taking shape until maybe round 10, 11 or 12 yeah. of the season. But it's been a great start for Cadiz and quite a defensive team. But, you know, they they really took Madrid by storm and Madrid didn't know didn't know what was hitting them. They're, you know, they're coming up from, from Segunda, but they've got the likes of Negredo in there with a bit of experience in La Liga uh, and the goal threat as well. So I think... The fact that they have him leading the line, and if they remain solid, they'll be fine this season. But um, obviously, just a, a nightmare for for Madrid, and because it was a newly promoted team, there's even more um, aggression towards Madrid and towards Zidane and towards uh, just the the team itself. They just they have they haven't performed obviously, and over the ninety minutes, they just did didn't do enough to get back into it and even to get an equaliser. So. Yeah, it was a, a very a very surprised result. But when you look at Madrid's current form and, and now that we've got last night's game with Shakhtar as well mm-hmm. in mind, you can just see that it's, it's not going well for them at all. They're just they're all over the shop. Um, defensively, they look very slow. Uh, Marcelo's he's obviously passed it. Uh, Mendy's playing at right back, and yeah. when he's he's a left back, so you know, like last night against Shakhtar, he was he was bombing down the right, but he was on his weaker side, and he was putting balls out out of play and it just it just didn't look balanced at all because obviously they're, they're missing Carvajal and Orbi Arthola mm. um, and then in the middle you know Modric scored a screamer last night but again they're looking a bit lethargic there lacking creativity and struggling for goals so yeah all, all over it's pretty it's pretty tough but Courtois has been brilliant um, it could have been five last night with Shakhtar and yeah. he was very good against Cadiz as well he was man of the match against Cadiz so we could have um, seen a couple more against Cadiz as well yeah. Negredo had one quite off the line in like the second minute by mm. Ramos and it's like it is kind of worrying. That's a really interesting point you said about the fullback. So I think we're we're maybe too focused on on the on the forward line or, or lack of goals up front. When you think of how modern football is and the prominence of of fullbacks, how much managers of these top teams are spending on fullbacks, think of Guardiola at Man City and stuff like that. That's the area they're investing in more than anything else. Yeah. And what's Madrid's fullback situation? It's re- they're really depleted uh, yeah. in, in terms of fullback, so I think that just as at least just as much as as as, uh, as up front is is going to be the concern going into the going into the classical. Yeah, um, I mean yeah. missing Ramos and Carvajal, two of your more experienced defenders, two exactly. two mainstays. They're there week in week out, and when you've got your your best left back playing on the right, there's just there's no there's no balance to it at all, and it's shown in the last two games. Yep, definitely. Okay, well. Let's just get into the classical. We'll, we'll, we'll mention Qatar and Barcelona uh, uh, when during this. So we said in the last show that 
this is one of the most unpredictable classicals in recent years in the sense that there's no clear favourite. Um, do we still think this, given Madrid's recent form? Because it was, I think, last the last show we were, if anything, edging towards Madrid, but yeah. a lot's happened in a week. Yeah, Barca scored five during the week, so it kind of makes them slight favourites after Madrid's nightmare. <laughs> um, I think it makes for a more interesting classical because we, we don't really know what's, what's going to happen and if you, if you look at the matches over the years like the, the teams are, are re- very very evenly tied on, on 180, 180 games played in the Liga and you've got 35 draws in there and Madrid have 73 wins to Barca 72 so over the years it's been pretty much 50-50 and yep. I think this weekend we could expect goals perhaps with Madrid being poor at the back, especially if Ramos doesn't make it in time, and I don't know, like Messi, Messi hasn't been flying. Griezmann obviously is isn't up to what he was at Atleti, and he hasn't been since joining Barca. Left out against Ferencváros. Yeah, it didn't didn't come on against Ferencváros, and Kuman made lots of changes with the Clásico coming up. So I don't know, that could be that could be just tactical. Yes, yeah, and, re- and resting him, he, he might start Griezmann against Madrid on the right. Obviously, Ansu Fadi is going to start on the left, and Messi will be through the middle. More than likely, you're going to have the midfield three of Busquets, who only played 14 minutes towards the end against Ferencvaros, because he started Pjanic instead. So you're looking at a midfield of Busquets with De Jong, and then Coutinho ahead of them with Fati, Messi, and Griezmann. And I mean, if you've got if you've got Madrid lining out with the same defence as as last night against Shakhtar, you'd fancy those to score goals. Yeah. Like that that front six, especially after scoring five. I know I know they're they're not any world beaters, Ferencvaros, but you know, to score five against anybody, five different scorers as well, even Dembele came on and got a goal. Yeah, it, it's it's very positive for, for Kuman. So I think Bars will score just because Madrid are all over the shop at the minute mm-hmm. and with Benzema, Rodrigo, there's, there's goals there. They, they haven't been scoring goals, but it's a classic goal. It's just, it's got more spice to it. They're going to be more up for it, even though you're not going to have 90,000 fans in the camp now. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be just a sadder affair, really, isn't it? Honestly, I watched the old firm last week. It was the same, uh, it just wasn't the same without the fans. Uh, some people would argue it was better, but <laughs> I don't know. I think definitely the Glasgow, you you would prefer the fans to be there, but yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a hard one to call, but I think yeah, just just because of recency bias, and you look over the last four or five days, yeah. I think yeah, you'd fancy Barca to do it there at home, and you should feel like more dangerous. Though. I mean, it's like it's it, Dembele. That's an interesting name that we haven't heard for a while mm. in any positive sense. Yeah, it's always been negative around Dembele. Yeah. He looked dangerous the other day. He provided the assist for Messi. Yeah. And um, you mentioned a couple of weeks back that he's 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 been training. He's been in the gym. Mm. Don't know if his diet's any better than what it was, <laughs> but like he's definitely he looks kind of motivated for the first time, um, possibly ever since, yeah. since 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 he came to Barca. Yeah. Um, could he be a dark horse to start? Maybe. Well, you never know. Like confidence is, is a huge thing in football and yeah. if, if his confidence is on the up and Griezmann's is clearly down 
Koeman could opt for that down the right and give Marcelo an absolute nightmare because when you see Dembele's speed in behind you'd fancy him you'd, you'd fancy him to, to really go at, at Marcelo and, and I suppose like Koeman would have been watching Madrid last night and, and licking his lips mm. with I don't know Griezmann is going to naturally come inside whereas Dembele is more of a winger and he'll give you that natural speed on the outside which would cause Madrid massive problems so yeah th- that, that could be an interesting one Um it's hard to know Pedri scored the other night he scored his first goal for Barcelona he's 17 and he got a taxi home <laughs> after the game he left the camp now there's, there's a picture going around of him in a taxi <laughs> because he doesn't have a driving licence yeah. which was a nice, a nice image so yeah he, he came off the bench and he got his first goal which is nice to see he's a quality player he spent last season with Las Palmas and at 17 he's actually younger than Ansu Fadi he looks like a a real gem for yeah. them. I think Barca fans will be very excited. So I think at the moment, they're going to be slightly more confident than those Madrid players who were in the dressing room last night with Florentino Perez for three minutes, just three minutes. Normally Perez comes in after every game, he'll have a chat with the boys and he'll stay around for a while and, and chat to everybody. But last night was very, very brief. Yeah. So I wonder when he left the dressing room, was he done thinking, my days are numbered? If I lose this Clasico? Yeah. That's three on the bounce. You know, you know what the pressure is going to be like if you lose a classical. Is he then going to come out and say again, "Yes, I'm responsible." Yeah, there's only so many times that works. Or is he going to say Marcelo's just not at it? <laughs> They're all getting older. We didn't invest. There's been no, there's been no money with coronavirus. The clubs leaking cash. We didn't invest. You know, he, he's he, he's I don't know. He hasn't had it easy as he's done either. Like he's, they haven't invested for the first time in thirty years. 40 years, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 1981 was the last time they went They went um, without spending. And they had a great they had a great youth team to rely on with Butregueño and yeah. Michelle and all that. You know, they had the Quinta del Buitre yeah. to rely on after that. It, this doesn't look so good. Does it? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got the young Brazilian players coming in. Yeah. And a lot has been invested on these these youth players. But are they ready now? Because like, it's, it's year in, year out, you need to be ready at Real Madrid. Yep. You need to be ready every year. And they let the likes of Hakimi go. And when you see Ferland Mendy at right back last night, who's their best left back, who should be playing in his natural position, but they've had really bad luck with, with right back injuries. Uh, Hakimi would be brilliant there in a right wing back attacking role, but he's he's gone to Inter yeah. um, as part of a mass exodus that has left us this year. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult for... The, the thing that doesn't help is he Dan I suppose if there's one criticism is that he, he maybe doesn't come out and say enough that we're looking to construct a kind of weatherproof future for ourselves with these young players okay we've not we've not made any big money signings that you and the fans you being the press and the fans are used to mm. but we, we've we been quietly investing in these players who have got talent and if you look at the example of Vinicius people were writing him off have been writing him off for, for a while and it looks like he's finally coming into his own kind of thing Hmm. and um, yeah I think he should maybe play that up a little bit if I was to say one maybe slightly negative thing about his because his press for, uh, conference performances are great aren't they you know it's exactly what Perez and the board will be wanting them to say yeah. basically nothing yeah you know bore them into keep submission. it as tight as possible <laughs> unlike your defence that's it that's it um, okay so we yeah the, the general feeling is that Barca maybe will be feeling happier going into this than um, the Madrid it's not all been great for them though because they lost against uh, Getafe at the weekend so you, yeah. you can sort of balance that Ferenc Barros result against what happened at Getafe yeah 
Uh, Which is a very tough place to go. Like we said last week, it's like going to the dentist. The dentist. When you look at the Getafe result, it's not near as surprising as Cadiz beating Real Madrid. There's a way as well, you know. It's the yeah, it's it's a way, and it's just year in year out with Getafe and Jose Bordalas. They they're so good at what they do, yeah. and you, you, I'm not even surprised at that result. It's just it's they're set up so well. They're so solid. Get in your face. They're not they're not nice to watch, but they they get results and they're they're third. They're on ten points. Yeah. From from four games. So like super start. Did you see what Arsene Wenger said about Griezmann and Messi? No. Yeah, so he was he was talking on, on Wednesday night basically saying that I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty obvious this, but he was saying that having Messi playing in the central role is really affecting Griezmann's chance to shine. Mm. Which he knew leaving Atletico that that was going to be the case and Wenger was basically saying that he should be played through the centre which is what Koeman said when he just took when he took the job That's but obviously you can't play him in the centre if, if Messi's there and he's got Coutinho in that role behind Messi with Griezmann playing on the, on the right but Griezmann hasn't scored in any four of the league games so I mean Wenger's stating the obvious but he's just he's, a, he's a, being French he's on, he's on Griezmann's side and he's literally saying this could really, really be detrimental in the long run because he's going to get fed up playing right wing. Mm-hmm. He's going to get fed up not getting chances to score. He's a goal scorer. His work rate is phenomenal. You, you saw it at, at Atletico, which is probably where he learned the real way of, of working super hard with, with Profe Ortega, the fitness coach. You know, his fitness levels went through the roof. Mm-hmm. He was fitter than ever. And he was mid-twenties so he was physically very very good he was in he was in his prime he's 29 he's still he's not ready for retirement yet but Wenger was basically saying that if he's not playing central he's gonna he's losing his confidence he's he's got no form forwards need to score goals yeah um, it's a confidence game and if if even if he's getting assists you're still thinking okay mess or Griezmann isn't doing what he's supposed to do which is put the ball in the back of the net but you can't you can't remove you can't remove Messi from his role yeah that, that's the thing well interesting you say that about confidence I think that that's definitely what seems to be happening and there was a big moment against Getafe where he missed a bit of a sitter skies it from inside the box he's, he's clean through he should at least be hitting the target there and the photo that was doing the rounds when he was left out of the Ferenc Barros lineup was of his reaction to missing this shot it was almost as if it's like oh Christ I've blown it yeah. you know really like you, you, did, you did get that impression there we don't know I mean he could be starting on Saturday maybe that was the reason he was left out it's basically like a lot of these things it's speculation at this point but he doesn't look confident uh, and yeah I think it's I think you'd be worried about him but that's it like he, he's not going to be playing through the centre for the same reason that Pjanic isn't going to be hitting free kicks because you're playing in the same team as what I think is the best player ever yeah you know and it's um I think that's that's basically what's uh, what's happening. There's been a few contract extensions at Barca as well mm-hmm. this week. Um, it, it took them a while to negotiate these because these players who have signed new contracts have taken pay cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Jared Pique renewing until 2024, uh, Stegen, Ter Stegen, which is big news for Barcelona until 2025, brilliant keeper. And then Clement Langley and Frankie de Jong have both stayed and signed until 2026. Uh, Stegen and De Jong have agreed to a 30% reduction in salary, according to Catalan Sports Daily Sport. And Piquet has actually taken 50% pay cut this season. 
So good news, but are these players are these players going to be motivated taking these massive salary cuts? They will get their money back eventually, according according to the club. But, uh, uh, but this is a club in in turmoil financially. Yeah. I think we're going to see more and more clubs like that. Mm. Um, Arsene Wenger has been doing the rounds recently I saw him he's in, everywhere because yeah. he's got his new book out that was it so he was on the Graham Norton show <laughs> uh, earlier this week but he was also on um, on another programme getting interviewed and he was talking about the wage structures at a lot of English uh, teams Yeah. and um, I think this is going to be the future wage cuts basically the, the wage structure in, in the Premier League for a lot of teams is between 60 and 80% of the turnover mm-hmm. of, of every club now I don't know what the La Liga situation is if it's as high as that you suspect that the Premier League is always going to be the, the highest spending Definitely. Uh, league. But the solution to any kind of financial problems isn't, I don't think, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I don't think it's doing what Arsenal did and sacking your mascot. I think maybe, and Wenger agrees with this, it's cut, starting to cut those wages, looking at it and really reevaluating the whole thing. Mm. Now, if one club does that, it's about, you say, it doesn't look particularly you start to wonder in the, mm. in the case of Barcelona whether the players are going to accept it whether it's going to be an attractive place to go if they all did it I think we would maybe see a, a bit of a solution and that's what Wenger uh, seems to seems to think again I don't know what the wage structure is in um, in, in Spain in Spanish football you suspect it's lower but a big portion of the turnover has got to be coming through wages and mm. uh, I think I think it's been a positive thing. One of the, one of the rare positive things we've seen from any from the board at Barcelona in recent recent years. Yeah, and they've they've managed to hold on to a couple of big players. Yep, I think that Stegen staying is is huge because yep. that that's been going on for months, and he he was he was kind of in favour of signing the contract, but because it wasn't signed, it was it was up in the air, and I think fans were getting a bit anxious about it. But they've eventually got it done, and then PK. You couldn't see him finishing his career anywhere else. No. Really, he's he's Barcelona till he dies, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that 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 definitely makes sense. And then obviously De Jong is, according to Koeman, the future of the club. So he's he's got another six years there. Yeah. If, if things go to plan, um, and he he's the youth in that midfield in that engine room with Busquets and Pjanic under in their thirties. You, you need you need Frankie De Jong, and be expecting him to have a proper ding dong battle on Saturday with Casemiro. And whoever else is in that Madrid um, midfield, because you've got Modric, who, who scored that screamer against Shakhtar, uh, Casemiro, um, and Cruz Valverde. Lots of lots of different options. So that's it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the lineouts. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how both managers set this one up. Um, what's he done under huge pressure with Kuman going into his first Clasico? He'll be looking for a, a big win as well uh, especially after that defeat to Getafe so all eyes are, are on the Clasico this weekend yeah we, 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 we did mention this last week but I think it's worth worth stating again is that uh, if there's one way to get a Barca and really make their lives difficult is to do what you just need to look at the last two, two La Liga games mm. what did Sevilla do what did Getafe do they got at them uh, particularly in the centre of the park and mm. if you're Zidane you're going to be confident right Frankie de Jong against Casemiro Who's who's going to come out on top? You'd fancy on Derby Day, or you'd hope that the Casemiro is going to come out top and make his make his life difficult, just as as Lopetegui instructed his players to do, and just as of course Bordalas did. So it worked for them. Mm. I think that's definitely what Madrid have to do. Yeah, and just to to give the other clubs a bit of a mention as well, we've got a, a couple of nice games coming up uh-huh. uh, for the football hipsters. <laughs> so you've got Elche Valencia this weekend. 
before before your Clasico if you want to get nicely warmed up for the Clasico you've got a bit of Osasuna Athletic Club as well which is right after the Clasico so if it's not a good game watch out for Osasuna Athletic Club Um, and then Saturday night Atleti take on Real Betis which should be a good match Betis high flying could be a good one on Sunday we've got Cadiz Villarreal Cadiz will be buzzing after beating Real Madrid away they, they welcome Villarreal uh, Getafe Granada tough on the call Real Sociedad Huesca and then on on Monday we have Levante Salta Vigo Levante struggling they're rock bottom colistas as they say here mm-hmm. like they're at the tail of the table yeah. so it's um, yeah not looking good for them I'd hope they come back because obviously they've got a soft spot for uh, for Levante but yeah it's uh, early days that's a good weekend of football yeah. I think I'd fancy watching all those games even Getafe Granada like you know Getafe aren't are the best to watch but they are they are uh, football wise but they are entertaining and Granada have been exciting this, uh, this Granada weekend. make their European debut tonight against against PSV Fantastic. Um, yeah, first first time in Europe, so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, that could be knackered for Getafe this weekend after after that one. Yeah, but uh, they beat Sevilla, they beat Sevilla last weekend, and Getafe beat Barca last weekend. So this could be a, this could be a, a cracker. Yeah. Uh, both teams flying, which is nice to see. You know, when 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 the top teams in in Spain are struggling, it's nice to see some of the smaller teams doing well. That's it, and this could be the year for the for the smaller teams. We did say that last year that it was it was Atletico's chance, but we didn't really seriously consider anybody else. But yeah, uh, I think even the, the the race for European spaces could be interesting this year. And if Spanish football is indeed dropping off a little bit at the top level, if they're not competing where they they were in Europe um, compared to, to recent years. Maybe this could be the time that we that we look at the teams further down the week and start to start to get excited about them as well because Definitely. there's a lot of exciting stuff going on, um, despite the disappointment you know of, of Atletico and 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 Real Madrid last night. I think there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in La Liga. So who do you fancy for the Clásico? I would just because they're at home and and recent form, you'd maybe say Barcelona. I think there's a bit more excitement about Barcelona. Yeah. Um, I think it will do Real Madrid a bit of good to just get out of the De Stefano because that's that's two games on the bounce that they've lost out of Valdebebas. So I think I kind of I kind of change of scenery. Uh, the big pitch. It would sound weird, but I think yeah. it will maybe you know it, it's just a, almost like a fresh start. And Camp Nou is huge. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're playing on that big pitch. Definitely and, a big change for them. Yep, from and, the the smaller De Stefano. Yep, and uh, I think they know how to play against. Uh, I think they know how to play against Barcelona. There, they it was a pretty pretty horrible match, but the last Clasico there. They, they fought, yeah, they they fought it out and they they obviously they, they won the last one, yeah, at the Bernabeu. So um, with all that in mind, you know, you you would probably say it's, say it's very unpredictable, but I'd maybe just go with Barcelona, home yeah. advantage, and 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 what's happened in the last week, I would say. What about yourself? You're gonna gonna Mystic Mega and gonna go Barca three two. Barca three two. So yeah. you're actually you're you're predicting a score as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go three two. I'm gonna go goals. Goals in this one. Even though Madrid aren't scoring goals, I think I think they'll they'll get a couple. Oh, as Michael yeah. Owen says, goals win games, <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> spot on, Michael. Absolutely spot on. Okay, well that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back uh, next Thursday or Friday with another uh, Get Spanish Football News show. Hope you enjoy the Classical wherever you're watching it in the world, and we'll see you again soon. Adios. Hasta luego.